perfect, entirely without any flaws, defects, or shortcomings, accurate, exact, or correct in every detail, perfect, verb, to bring nearer to perfection, improve, make better. Hi folks, welcome, it's another episode of Another Way. I always say it like that, and I'm not sure why, but I just do. (laughs) So, perfect, perfect, perfectionism. I've, uh, I've spent many, 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 many years dealing with my uh, perfectionism. Um, I'm not really sure where the desire, need, uh, addiction to be perfect came from. Um, I know it was sort of exacerbated by my getting good grades and, you know, I, I've sort of developed through my schooling this sort of, I, it was an addiction to people praising me. And, uh, um, just like any other addiction, it, it, it's, it led to an interesting area. And I've talked about this before, where, how, how, where, how I, um, feel very uncomfortable anytime somebody compliments my work. And that's, that's, it's real. It's a real thing that happens. You know, thank you so much for this. It was, I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. Like, it really does make me uncomfortable. And I had a realization that I, I think it's because I feel like I don't deserve it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's that perfectionism, you know, because I see all the flaws in everything that I do. And I suspect that that some of that perfectionism is also tied to my my fears of abandonment, which I also have no clue where those came from. <laughs> my parents are still together. I was I wasn't left anywhere as a child. I don't know where it comes from, but I I do I have a very real fear of people leaving me, and it's it's why I I tend to not try I try to not get close to people, um, because then I don't have to deal with it. If you're alone, no one will leave you. <laughs> this is just, this is a very, it's a very upbeat episode of the podcast today. Um, but where the perfectionism comes into that is I think I kind of had this idea that if I just was perfect, if I was just perfect, people wouldn't leave me. I know it's, 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 uh, I should be in therapy again. Really? I really should. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, so there's that need to be perfect that I've been dealing with forever. And let me tell you, it's exhausting. It is so exhausting trying to be perfect all the time. And, um, it really screws you up. You know, at some point I, th- I kind of reached this place with a lot of my life where, um, I realized I could never be perfect. And so the the new thought was kind of like, well, why try? Why try to do anything if we can't be perfect? And I'm I'm coming out of that. I've been I've been working on that for a long time. It's it's sort of the the two dark sides of the perfectionism is is that that de- that exhausting desire to be perfect and then at the other extreme is the well, why even bother? Because I won't be. And um it's a legacy I still deal with a lot of the time, but it's 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 not unsurmountable, insurmountable, 
insurmountable is the right word. Um, so we talked about shadow artists a couple of episodes ago, and sometimes dealing with perfectionism means dealing with that sort of a thing too. Learning to let go of my perfectionism was a big part of, of coming out of the shadows of, of my own. And um, once again, we go to Julia Cameron, who says that, you know, learning to let yourself create is like learning to walk. And that's really true. And if you think about just that process, you begin by walking. I mean, you begin by like crawling, like not even crawling, like just rolling around on the floor. And then you progress to crawling. And then there's, you know, you stand up and there are little baby steps, but you constantly fall. You keep falling all the time. And um, it's it's the falling where we perfectionists tend to give up because we don't want to go through the process of the rolling over and then the crawling. We want to be running right now. We don't think that there should be any sort of pro- time where we're not good. We want to be perfect right now at everything that we do. And we don't want to look stupid is, is the way that we always say it, I think. That's the way that I always say it. I don't want to look stupid. And um, <laughs> and if you listen to this program regularly, you know that I never succeeded at that because I always say something stupid in every single episode. Um, I see this a lot when in my uh, music teaching because I often get people who come to me as adults who want to learn to play. It's usually the violin. And I've got one right now. I have, she's in her late 20s and she keeps talking about how awful it sounds. I'm like, well, that's just what happens. This is just what it does. Because you don't know how to hold the bow yet to make it make a really good sound that you think will be really good. It's one thing that little kids don't have as much of an issue with normally because they don't know what good violin sound is. They they have a hard time. Okay. Um, how to say this? Adults have seen good violin playing a lot of the time when they want to play the violin and they see it being done by adults. Usually, kids will see good violin playing, but usually when they see that, it's done by an adult. So they, I think they don't draw the parallel between them and the person playing the violin because the person playing the violin really well is an adult. So they don't worry as much when they're making awful screechy sounds on it because they're not an adult. I think that makes sense. I think that's what's going on. That's one of those things that I've thought about, but I've never actually articulated before. I've said the thing about adults, adult beginners learning to play an instrument a lot, but I've never done like the, the kid thing. Um, but they have the, those adult beginners often have that sense of perfectionism, and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I did it wrong. It's like, no, you did it fine. Like, this is a process, and we don't. I give. I am way more forgiving of them as the teacher than they are of themselves as a student. And I think that's just a common theme with this sort of perfectionist thing of we are a lot harder on ourselves than the rest of the world is as perfectionist type people. And so we have to think of that whole progress, not perfection thing. And it's, it's, it's really a hard thing to, to ask somebody to do. It's, I, you know, this is not too big of a leap, I think. It's it's like asking an alcoholic to stop drinking cold turkey. 
It's like asking any addict to just stop cold turkey to tell a, to ask a perfectionist to just go. Okay, I'm going to think progress, not perfection, because it's a <clears throat> pardon me. It's a deeply ingrained pattern, and it really is. The more I think about it, I think it really is an addiction, in a sense. Um, and so one thing that that I like to tell people to do is to pick a thing that you've always wanted to do but you haven't started and allow yourself to be bad at it. You know, I, I always liked the idea of drawing and I say all the time in, in examples, usually with dealing with the subjective truth thing, I said it last episode where um, that thing your third grade teacher said about you can't draw and I never had anybody tell me that I couldn't draw, that I remember. Maybe they did. I don't know. I just... I think it was it was a thing that I did myself. I always, um, every time I would sit down to draw, I would sit down with the page and the pencil and I would have the, the idea in my head of what I wanted to draw and I would start and then it wouldn't be even close to what was in my head and that was always disappointing and so I just kind of came to the conclusion that I wasn't, a, I wasn't very good at drawing but I always liked the idea of being able to do it. So one thing I started recently is every day after I do the morning pages, I have started doing this thing that I call my stickies. And so I have sticky notes and I have a, I bought a cheapo blank sketchbook and I do three things. I do three sticky notes every day. The first sticky note, I just draw something. And some days it's literally just, I scribble lines on the page and I just doodle the page, the sticky note. And then I stick it in the book. And then on the next page, I do a sticky note with a with a measure of music. And I have a chart that I go through and I write. So I write a measure of music. And I stick that on the next page. And then I write a short little story, something on the sticky note. And it's usually something like, he looked out the window and saw the thing. And then it's a description. And I just write until there's no more room on the sticky note. And I stick that on the next page. And doing that has been interesting because doing just that little thing every day and allowing myself to be bad at it, I, I see some progress flipping through that sketchbook. So pick something like that, something tiny, and allow yourself to be bad at it. And it's good practice. You will hate yourself. <laughs> and the, isn't that what you want to hear from somebody who's trying to offer you advice in a motivational sort of sense? You're going to hate yourself. <laughs> But if your experience is anything like mine, you might, and you might go, "Oh, this is awful." But that's why you stick it in the in the um, in the little sketchbook where nobody else can see it, next to one that you maybe liked the day before that, and then the next day maybe you won't like that one, and then the next day maybe you'll be really impressed with yourself. You have to practice this, just like everything else. Um. And we have to be careful not to go too far too fast. This is a thing that happens sometimes when we reach this place of, of progress versus perfection or when we do sort of an unblocking process and we um, get excited. You know, don't expect to write a full draft of a novel in a week. Maybe you will, but don't expect it to be, you know, ready to publish in that week. You know, it's that sort of thing. And... This is actually in a book I read once on instrumental injuries where people get a new instrument and they practice so much they end up hurting themselves because they're they're playing too much. That's a thing that can happen with other 
creative things too. So we don't want to go too far too fast and, and break ourselves. So I had a realization recently around my, my own perfectionism, and um, it was similar to the progress, not perfection thing, but I like, I, th- I think it's just different enough to where it's, it's, it's a good idea. And that was that I should work on perfecting myself rather than being perfect. And that might not sound like a difference there, but I think it's it's a very subtle but a very powerful distinction. You know, perfecting myself implies that there that it's a practice and there are progressible steps that I'm not, um, but that I'm not heading toward a goal. You know, it's just a constant work along a trajectory. Whereas being perfect. The cats are making some noise somewhere. There's probably some destruction happening in my apartment right now. I'm sorry. Um, so if you hear little things in the background, that's what's going on. Um, where were we? Perfecting myself. Trajectory. But being perfect is the thing that should already have happened. And there's the distinction. So it's perfecting yourself is a healthy thing, I think, to strive for. Because it's, it's, it's a constant um, learning and you're trying to... You're trying to make yourself a better person. Whereas trying to be perfect is impossible because you're never going to reach the standard that you want to be. There is a, um, there's a quote. I was listening to RuPaul's podcast, What's the Tea with Michelle Visage. Maybe I'll put a link in the description. And I was listening to the episode with Tracy Ellis Ross. This was a few weeks ago. And um, if you don't know who she is, she's you should. <laughs> she's on uh, ABC's Blackish. She's Diana Ross's daughter, and she's I I she was one of those people that I knew of, but I didn't know a whole lot about until I listened to this interview. And I was having a rough day this day. I was driving home, um, from the the place where I write, and I I was I it had not been a good writing day, and I was in the car on the 101 see i live in la now i'm i'm very i'm very um i'm down with the local lingo i was on the 101 uh, <laughs> and i'm listening to this interview and she says this thing they're talking about sort of perfectionism and she says may this i have i tell myself all the time may the space between where i am and where i want to be inspire me May the space between where I am and where I want to be inspire me. Tears. Immediately. Immediately tears. <laughs> because I was I was dealing with that very thing. I was I was behind of where I wanted to be. I didn't have the things done that I wanted to have done yet. And I was trying to work on it and it wasn't going well and I wasn't getting far enough, fast enough, and and I wasn't perfect. And I should have been perfect was, was the thought process. And then I heard that and I was like, that is exactly what I needed to hear. And it just, it's so helpful if, cause often we look at that, that difference. And I, I think I've talked about this before between that idealized perfect self in the brain and where we are right now. And we see that 
and we see it as as a daunting sort of thing. But if we see it as something to inspire us, it can be so helpful. And again, it's it's the when we look at it and it's daunting, it's because we recognize that we are not the person at the top. If you could see the hand gestures I'm making right now, it would make sense. Um, <laughs> we recognize that we're not that perfect, idealized self, and we just see the difference. But if we see it as inspiring, it's that perfecting of the self idea. We're heading toward that, but we don't have to be that. Again, it's a very sort of subtle distinction, but it's very powerful. And, um, yeah, so I, I try to tell myself that every day. May the space between where I am and where I want to be inspire me. It sort of becomes, it's kind of like a prayer now. Um, and, you know, there's a funny thing about this where perfectionism, sometimes if we have too much training, if we have too much knowledge in an area, if we know how the sausage is made, it can sometimes hinder us. And I just, you know, I started working on a on a Bach um, sonata the other day. And uh, if you know anything about Bach, you know that Bach is never easy. <laughs> Bach is very humbling, and there's always layers to Bach that you can discover. And that's one of the one of the frustrating things for musicians, and one of the beautiful things about Bach is that there's always something new to work on. And I started a new sonata that I never played before, and I looked at it, and I found myself it it was weird because I, I I was overwhelmed but I didn't feel overwhelmed I was just overcomplicating the process because I was trying to sort of apply all of my tricks it's like okay how am I going to break this down and how am I going to you know work on this and how am I going to you know I've got to come up with a plan and I've got to do this and I've got to use these techniques in this spot and blah 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 and this little voice in my head that um, probably should have spoken up a long time ago considering I have a music degree and I've been a musician for nearly 20 years, said, why don't you just go a measure at a time? And I was like, how, how have I reached this point in my career? And I've never had that thought. Why don't I just literally work on measure one and get measure one really get measure one under my fingers and then do measure two and stop worrying so much about we'll figure out the form and break down the form and then we'll do an analyzation of the harmonic structure and and then we'll work on the bowing techniques that we need no play the first measure is the first measure good yes is the second measure tricky okay what's tricky about the second measure fix that it was (laughs) It was so blinding and so I felt so stupid and so you ever have a moment where you feel simultaneously brilliant and stupid like that was one of those and uh, that was all just a product of, of my training and the, the training serves me well but we can't allow it to overcomplicate the process which is exactly what I was doing in that moment I was overcomplicating it. And I see that all the time with my students. You know, they make things super... They see the black dots on the page and they go, oh, it must be really crazy. I'm working on a music theory method book right now and I'm constantly talking about rule number one, which is don't make it harder than it needs to be. And we tend to do that all the time when we're trying to be perfect. May, just trying to be perfect makes it harder than it needs to be. That That's, that's the real T right there. But if we approach all of our 
all the components of our lives as a sort of a practice mentality. With that, may the space between where I am and where I want to be inspire me. Thank you, Tracy Ellis Ross. Without an end goal, without thinking I have to be this, whether it's perfect or not, even saying it's it's as simple as one word instead of saying i'm working toward becoming i'm more i need to be this i need to aim for this even that is a huge distinction and um you know there's 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 all those studies done on whether you should praise the intelligence of a child or whether you should praise the effort of a child and you know so many of them say that that it's the effort that you should look at you shouldn't say oh you're so smart you should say oh that's really good work you just did and you know i'm i'm <laughs> i'm condensing a bunch of research down to one little sentence that i think that i didn't say quite i didn't say quite good um i didn't say very well but it's look at the praise and the effort look at the praise oh lord okay <laughs> look at the effort rather than the goal look at the journey not so much where you start or where you want to end maybe that's a good way to say that we have to do that for ourselves we can't think of what we Mm. again it's a balance we we should think about what we haven't done because that allows us to that gives us goals and things to aim for, but we can't let it eclipse the things that we have done. I can't let the fact that I haven't got 10 episodes of the podcast ready to post right now immediately eclipse the fact that I have five that are ready to get recorded. You know? I can't, you, we can't be perfect because because we just can't. We can work on perfecting ourselves, but we cannot be perfect because the problem with this sense of perfectionism is once you reach perfect, the line keeps moving and you never get to the line. You never cross the finish line with this because you're always going to have another aspect to it because that's just, that's, that's part of the addiction. So we got to break that. We got to we got to think of perfecting rather than perfection. Perfect rather than perfect. Just like I read the two definitions at the beginning. So, that's the perfect episode. Um check out the the newly revamped website at horizoncreativestudio.com. Sign up for the newsletter twice a month. And uh Check out greatgrandprojects.com, another one of our sponsors. And uh, follow me on uh, the social media. I'm on the the Twitter, the, the Instagram, the Tumblr, all at that KJ Bell. Check that stuff out. And it'll be a good time, I think, sometimes. Maybe not. <laughs> and finally, it's okay to be an artist. It's okay to create. It's okay to be exactly as you are right now, which may not be perfect, and that is perfectly fine. It is okay. I am okay. And you are okay.
See you next week.